0: let us pray. Oh Lord, our God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come upon us, envelop us, and actually enter into us. The passage from Acts this morning has so much that is vital and important for the church to be alive, and we ask for the grace to absorb that which you want us to absorb this day as individuals and as your congregation. And I pray most earnestly that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable to you. For you are our Lord and our Redeemer, amen. For God so loved the world he gave his only son. We have heard this since we were children and I don't know what comes to your mind when that verse is spoken, but I actually remember Sunday school graphics from the 1950s of a globe being held by loving, loving, divine hands, a globe being embraced by a loving God. It had a real geographical feel to it, and it was a great image, but his love for the world includes all that inhabits the earth, including the innermost workings of people. He loves when we think about him. We know this, but he also continues to love when we do not think about him at all. He continues to love when he is the furthest thing from our mind. He loves that part of us that we find unlovable. He loves when we don't. He doesn't love evil, but he loves the ones in the grip of it. And he loves people who are grappling with it. He loves what we find unlovable about ourselves and other people. There is actually nothing that escapes the love of God. The first missionaries praised the fullness, the power, the love of God made known to them through Jesus Christ. The early Christians had experienced and known miracles in such huge proportions that the presence of the living Christ was undeniable. And the presence of the living Christ made their knowledge of God filled out and complete and whole. And as an aside, historically, the church has struggled for years with whether or not the kind of miracles that occurred back then in the early church still exist today. It was the subject of dissension. Do the miracles still occur today? And people are so casual about using the word miracle the three women who were found in Cleveland oh my goodness what an ordeal they went through what a terrible 10 years of their life and they were discovered or escaped and people were throwing around the word miracle all the time is that really a miracle is it really miracles exist completely outside the natural order I think what happened with them was an answer to prayer and many many things But the supernatural events in this passage, in this passage in Acts, this is something else, altogether different. And the world we know, our culture, is layered with defenses and barriers. And the miraculous things are often hidden from us. But this isn't so in other places. In Africa today, similar things happen that we find in this passage in Acts. And Africa is not the only place. In other parts of the world, people are more open to the mighty ways of God. Well, they were going along, and this would be Paul and Silas in Acts 16, verses 16 and following, and a series of counterintuitive, illogical actions and actions of Paul and Silas keep on happening. They were so filled with the Holy Spirit that they are able to rise above and transcend the immense trials of the world they lived in. But there's also something else very important about them that we have to remember is that as all of these things were happening to them, they were also rooted and grounded and lived in reality. They escaped nothing. Their remarkable ability to not be caught up in crisis, in horrific events, is what speaks to others, as we will see about the loving presence and power of God. But the passage begins with Paul being greatly annoyed. And I find this very refreshing and encouraging. Someone who is as hospitable as as Paul was to the Holy Spirit actually gets fed up. They were on their way to a place of prayer. And a certain slave girl, with a spirit of fortune-telling, which was very common in the Roman-Greco world they inhabited, an insidious parallel universe of superstition and divination. And I'm sure this is part of the reason that Paul was so greatly annoyed that someone would give their power to something else other than God and open that door. But he was annoyed for another very, very real reason. She attached herself to the missionaries and squawked parrot-like these men are bond servants of the most high God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation and she continued this not for a few minutes not for a few hours but for many days so of course he was annoyed very annoyed with her condition and the disturbance it caused you know I don't really enjoy going to malls for a lot of reasons but one of the reasons is that now there are all these kiosks as you walk along, and every time I go by the kiosk that is that has renewing agents to refresh your skin and make you look younger, I have people following me every step of the way. Lady, lady, please try this. And I like get away. I mean, am I that horrifying to look at? You know, just go away. And that's makes me almost leave the mall, and it completely ruins the shopping experience, and that lasts for about 30 seconds. (laughs) These people were hounded day in and day out with a woman whose words were actually the essence of them mocking everything that they believed in. By saying who they were in the way she said it, it was awful. What happens next defies worldly logic ours and theirs Paul heals her more accurately Christ through Paul cleanses her ridding her of the spirit that invaded her being and our reaction to people who are immensely annoying and believe me everybody has them in their lives is get them away from me Paul's reaction get their behavior away from me Get their destructive, hurtful spirit away from me, but also away from them. And he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. But when her masters saw that their prophet was gone, because she was not only their slave, she was their meal ticket. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them to the marketplace before the magistrates. And they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion because they're Jews. The girl was the one who was doing the incessant screaming. The girl was doing the squawking. And Paul and Silas were targeted. And a spiritual truth that we know something about is when the name of Jesus Christ is proclaimed in power of the Holy Spirit, other spirits, and there are other spirits, do not remain dormant. And because personally Christ has over the course of my life demonstrated miraculous love that I did not deserve, I can't turn my back on him. But in proclaiming the truth about Christ, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is stirred up, there is resistance. And I don't even want to think about spiritual warfare that much But it would be so ignorant and naive to think it doesn't exist. And here it is. And the crowd rose up against them. And the chief magistrates tore their robes off and beat them and proceeded to order them thrown into the prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them securely and they were thrown into an inner space and their feet were shackled in stocks and what happens next seems more than counterintuitive to the way that the world works it seems crazy but this precious verse has been held in the hearts of so many of us because it defines a way of being in the world that truly means that we have a choice regarding god And we can be our best selves in incredibly terrible situations. What happens next? Paul and Silas, beaten up, bruised, bloodied, locked up in the dungeon, after being stripped, began to pray and sing praises to God. And they sang, and they sang and the surrounding prisoners were listening to them. And I've had a taste of this just enough to know that this is authentic, that this really happens. When I was dragged out of the wreckage of a bus in really bad shape years ago, I could be nothing less than joyous after encountering encountering the tremendous love of God. And it was intense. And there was a joy that kind of hung with me for about a year. And it's dissipated over time, but it still can be recaptured from time to time. But then there's something else I want to tell you about. That was my experience. Enough of it authenticated what we were reading in the passage. I have had the privilege, and it has been a privilege, to watch the beautiful saints go home to the Lord when people have actually crossed over, and I have seen a joy that has nothing to do with the circumstances that they endured at the end of their lives, but a joy of the Lord that is radiant, that is not contingent on circumstances, and that is real. The account works its inspiration, and the Holy Spirit allows us at times to transcend circumstances And this is, as believers, our biggest, our clearest, our most powerful message to the world. With Christ, we are no longer captive to anything. We may praise him. And the spirit leads us to do it. No matter what. So they are praying and singing. And they're singing and praying. And then an earthquake hits. And the foundations of the prison were shaken and the shackles were opened and everyone's chains were undone. And if this isn't the perfect description of what Christ does in human existence, he shakes the foundation, flings open the doors and unbinds the chains. And when the jailer saw what was going on with the prison doors being flung open, he started to kill himself before he was killed. For what he thought was allowing the prisoners to escape. But Paul cried out again. An amazing act. Paul cries out to reassure him, his jailer. And Paul says, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here trembling with fear and awe. And the guards fell down before Paul and Silas. The guard fell in front. Paul and Silas and said what must I do to be saved and they said believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved you and your household saved saved from what exactly here's an interesting thing the last thing that many of us who through grace have been spiritually formed by grace think of when we hear Jesus saves, is saved from eternal damnation. I was talking to a young woman in my family and I asked her, what do you think of when you hear the word saved? And she says, hellfire and damnation. And I thought, you know what? That kept me out of the church for 10 years. That that would be the reason that people would want to turn to God. I'm not saying that there is no hell. It is real. But in believing in his name, we have eternity right now. Our life extends beyond what would have been death. We want eternity together. And Christ promises us this by believing in his name. We have it. It's not a trick. It's not overwhelmingly difficult. It's not that you have to learn so much stuff to let him in. Believe in his name and we're there. And that is the good news of the gospel. Believe in his name. I know that so many people today are thinking about their mothers who have passed on before them. I was talking to some people after the first service about this. And one of the solid pieces of information that they all seem to have is mom is here mom is not gone and there is something very primal and basic that's going on here we're all connected to christ in ways we never knew hell is real but it's not what you think it is death and the destructive forces that lead to death and it's what happens when we never turn to god Never turn to God. If we never recognize His existence, I mean, never, then there could be eternal separation. But Paul and Silas knew that they were alive forever and that they were saved saved from bondage, saved from isolation, saved from self destruction, saved from the ways of the world and its logic saved even from sin and the death that it leads to. I was talking to a mother I know very, very well, and she said, Christ, the salvation of Christ, allowed her to be saved from needing to clutch, contain, and control her children because his way, counter to the world, is to let go. And she has always known that her kids were given to God, dedicated to God, so she can more or less, let go. At the end of this passage... The guards, whole household, everybody in his family gets saved. Isn't that interesting to think all of these kids had a deep theological understanding of who Christ was? No, the guards, whole household gets saved, baptized. They eat. They have fellowship with Paul and Silas. And through the guards' children and the observant prisoners, The world would come to know the love of Christ because you know that they talked about what happened to them for the rest of their lives. For God so loved the world. Let us pray. Lord, your grace and mercy is huge and it is a force and it doesn't stop and it wants to captivate us. Allow us to freely see the truth about you, who you are And to choose you, not because of any scare tactic, but because of the overwhelming love that exists in Jesus Christ. Be with us now, we pray.
1: Let us pray together. Oh God, we cannot comprehend your majesty. We cannot understand just how powerful you are. We have a glimpse of how much you love us and that you sent your son to live with us and pray with us and die for us. But even our understanding of that event is anemic. And so in your presence this morning, we ask for a clear understanding, a deeper comprehension, a strong sense of who you are. We ask that this morning we be granted just a taste of your glory, just a small reflection of your love for us. And for all people. Sometimes, God, it's really hard for us to believe that you love us. We know what we're like. We know our failures. We know the ways we do not honor you. But, God, sometimes it's even harder to believe that you love them. Those other people who are not like us, who don't talk like we do or eat what we eat or worship the way we worship those other people who seem to actively hate you and us and would do us harm. In fact, God, we have to admit that we don't understand how you can love them and us when we have it right and they have it wrong. God, the evidence is all around us. You love the whole world. Even those who do not love, that we do not love or like so much. And so God, we ask this morning that you would help us to come to a deeper understanding of your love for us and your love for others. Help us to learn to be conduits of your love to those around us, friend or foe. And forgive us for the times we try to limit your love to just one portion of your creation. Convict our hearts of sin this morning and hear us as we pray our prayer of confession together. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, And what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open to us a future in which we can be changed. And grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. Hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Thanks be to God.